Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy, Henry. And it's your girl, Elise. We didn't forget the intro this time. No, we you both not. got it. <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? We are two Asian baristas who are reorienting specialty coffee and rethinking Rebusta by representing Asian cultures. And today we've got a really cool episode because we are featuring. Henry's yo, own yo, yo. country. We got Thailand, half Thai. Shout out to my mom. Her name is, or American name is Joy. So she's got that Thai restaurant up in DC called Hot Thai. It's so dope. Dude, it's so good. If you ever find yourself yourself in the DC area, go check out Hot Thai. It is so, so good. Honestly, probably best Thai food I've ever had Ooh, in my life. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Joy's great. Um, so we first, as always, want to start off with our barista of the week. And today's barista of the week comes only from Thailand. The 2019 AeroPress champion, Benja Kamashiva. Kamashiva, yeah, we, we hit up my mom to make sure we're getting some of the name pronunciations right. right. Just because, you know, I don't speak, Thai. I mean, I can understand it a little bit, but I don't speak it that well. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Um, and like we said too, like we, you know, we're like second gen basically, um, uh, like Asian Americans. And so our, our parents didn't really teach us um, the languages, but like, you know, that's okay. So we, we th figured we'd just fact check and uh, check in with Henry's mom who does speak Thai. And so uh, she helped us out with some of the pronunciations. So give us uh, some grace and that's our little disclaimer. Yeah. So Benja also, I want to give a shout out to this dude. He also is a Thailand AeroPress. So he had to be the Thailand AeroPress champion to be the world AeroPress champion. So he's a stud. His Instagram is at B-E-N underscore Ja underscore 555. He's got some pretty dope content. Um, yeah. We'll link his AeroPress recipe in the show notes in case you guys ever want to what he has yep exactly so right now we are drinking our kalita cup and we've got paradise coffee roasters thailand dung chang robusta honey yes mm. good stuff paradise is dope they um out in minnesota and um paradise is pretty dope because they if you read their blog they talk about Man, we can't judge Robusta Coffee based on like one bad experience. It's like, I mean, I've had bad experiences for sure. And they're like, hey, if we're to adequately enjoy coffee, you know, we need to continually try it and continue make it better. Because that's what specialty coffee is, you know. What can we do to coffee to make it better? So they really focus on roasting Robusta Coffee. And so they got Thailand coffee. They actually have some really good Hawaiian coffee as well. So if you guys ever want to buy from them, Paradise Coffee Roasters, they're very good. Yeah, and um, what's really cool is that they do roast in Minnesota and on the Big Island of Hawaii. And eventually we're actually gonna touch on Hawaii too because there's some really great coffee that comes out of there as well. Um, but you were just yeah, there too. I was just there. My family's okay. actually from Hawaii, which is really cool. So they're not Hawaiian, but they are like, they were born and raised there, so it's really cool. Um, Fun but fact about my trip to Hawaii, I have never actually been there. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't a fun fact at all. I just want to say something dumb. I'm sorry. I'm the dumb one. <laughs> this is about you. This is your. This is your episode, dude. Thailand. Thailand. Okay, so let's get into the meat of it. We have so much super cool history about the coffee in Thailand. I mean, as I was researching this, um, there was some really fascinating stuff because to start off, Thailand actually didn't get into the coffee exporting game until 
the 1970s. So they're kind of late to the game, so to speak, yeah. quote unquote. They, they're they what they would call fashionably late. You yeah. know, like when you're trying to go to a party and you're like, yo, I'll be there. Like it starts at eight and you get there like 8.15. No, That's, no, that, no, no. They're like nine o'clock. They're like nine o'clock. Oh, <laughs> uh, but 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 despite that, it's still one of the top twenty-five coffee producers in the world, with over six hundred or sixty-six million pounds of coffee per year, and one of the top ten robusta producers mm -hmm. in the world. So despite kind of showing up later in the game, they still have made a significant impact in coffee culture. Yeah. Um, so coffee in Thailand has grown for centuries there, but. It, again, it wasn't until like the 60s and 70s uh, did they enter into like the coffee exporting game. So, oh my gosh, I have to remember how to pronounce this. King Pumipon. Pumipon. Adunyade. 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 Yes. Um, so the former king of Thailand, who actually only recently died, I think in 2016. Yeah. Um, so he was basically concerned that the country's main export was opium, like an opioid plant. Drugs. And so he was like, this is illegal. It's not really good for the country or the environment. So instead, he wanted the tribal farmers of northern Thailand to have a more like reputable crop. And so that became known as the quote unquote royal project, which basically is how coffee production kind of came into business. So which is so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's super cool. So like basically while the United States was having the war on drugs over here where we were like criminalizing harsh oh, <laughs> drug penalties. Yeah. Thailand was like, no, we're just gonna substitute opioid addiction for coffee addiction. Mm. Which, in all fairness, like, is coffee is still a drug, but it's a far more but it's a healthy drug. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Define healthy, but it is most definitely a much more like socially acceptable and much more manageable drug. So. Yeah, and in, in on the royal project, uh, <laughs> Dr. Pungsak Enkaisit is what my mom told us. He's the head of coffee research and development. Um, over in Thailand, and he, he quotes kind of referring, <clears throat> excuse me, to the royal project. He says, we started replacing opium with fruit farming. So not, so not just coffee. He goes, we started replacing opium with fruit farming, such as peaches, but moved on to vegetables and various temperate fruits. Coffee was also one of the most promising crops. So we started to promote coffee to farmers. Um, coffee is a permanent crop, as you would say. And so at first, when they first started kind of doing coffee and whatnot, we had this thing called rust disease that was affecting the coffee shrubs. And so what the Royal Project was able to do is they, they, were, to help, they were able to help fund farmers so they didn't have to grow, they didn't have to put pesticides on it. And that's where we kind of get like shade coffee growing, which basically is when coffee is, is grown under, under trees and whatnot. And we see that the coffee grown on these farms are often naturally shaded by banana, mango, and other other uh, fruit trees that influence the coffee's flavor, eliminating much of the acidity and bitterness normally found with most coffees. So a lot of coffee-growing nations are shade-grown. There's a couple that are sun-grown, but it's just pretty cool that in order to kind of get rid of the, the grosser taste, we start to see mm -hmm. shade-grown coffees where we see a lot of like Arabica-like mm -hmm. coffees in Thailand. Yeah, which I think is actually really cool, especially for people like me who really like to buy organic or like things that don't have pesticides or like any additives or like GMO stuff. So, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously coffee, you don't tend to find that problem too much, but it is cool to know that that is a big part of the coffee growing process. Um, in these shade-grown countries because it is a much more like natural uh, way of growing coffee. So another cool thing is that 
So we talk a lot about Asian countries growing Robusta beans, but Thailand actually produces both Arabica and Robusta. So the northern part of Thailand um, grows Arabica, while the southern part of Thailand tends to grow Robusta. So the northern part would be more of like the Chiang Mai province. Um, would, where's, what's like in southern Thailand, actually? I'm actually not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> we could we probably should have looked that up. <laughs> but, Oops. Um, yeah, whoops. But um, so that's, that's kind of like what you can expect. So most of the, the Robusta production is from the southern part of Thailand. Um, so one thing that, oh, I'm losing my place here. Oh, okay. So one thing that we also found really interesting, which I think is perfect to kind of go right after our episode on Vietnam, is they have this drink, which is their Thai iced coffee, basically. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it well. Cafe Boran, I believe is how you pronounce Boran, it. Boran, probably. And so it's very similar to Vietnamese coffee. You've got a sweet and condensed milk. You've got the coffee brewed over ice. Chumpan is the southern province. I looked it up. I made sure. Chumpan, okay. Chumpan. So and Chumpan and Chiang Mai. Yes. So look yes. it up. Buy from both because both will help your coffee palate. Yes. So the uh, Cafe Boran and Vietnamese coffee. Uh, Cafe Boran basically stands for ancient coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of to solve a problem of scarcity in coffee, but also... Um, to combat the expensiveness of coffee. Uh, so the only main difference though is the brewing process, but also um, like the additives to it. So like mm. for example, Vietnamese coffee and Thai coffee, iced coffee, have sweetened condensed milk to kind of add to the flavor. It's However- so good, first yeah, of all. <laughs> super good. Um, Henry's already almost done with his drink basically. Just don't spoil <laughs> what else we're drinking, um, please. <laughs> but Thai iced coffee, occasionally has cardamom in it which gives this really nice like spicy flavor after uh so we'll go into that more but we we made ourselves a cup um to talk about later so it's like it's like a spicy and sweet thing because even because it's 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 odd because whenever i was studying before we kind of shared our show notes there were a plethora of different ways to make thai ice coffee not just cardamom like there was like sugar there was salt there was just a bunch of like cinnamon it's a random like spices so i think what it comes down to making a traditional thai iced coffee is condensed milk with some sort of like spice added Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um Um, so one really cool interesting thing about thai coffee so in preparing for this episode we were actually having a lot of trouble trying to buy coffee from thailand um like from the country of thailand and those shops over there and i think part of it is is one like of course, shipping during COVID times is kind of weird. But two, maybe this has something to do with it, but coffee that is imported into Thailand is incredibly taxed, like highly taxed. So basically, some coffee green beans are taxed up to 90%, which basically means that it promotes more local production of coffee in Thailand. So. To, to shorten it up, for those of us, especially like me, I don't really understand economics. <laughs> Basically what it is is that they said, let's put such a high import tax on coffee coming into Thailand that it deters us as a country from buying outside of our own country. So it promotes more local production, which also drives up the prices of domestic demand and 
it means that at the end of the day, coffee farmers in Thailand get to make a, a more sustainable living wage. Yeah, so provide for their families and whatnot. Exactly. So what this does is that it means that coffee farmers in Thai, Thailand uh, do money. get paid the minimum yeah. wage. So Which is dope. Which is dope and kind of rare for like a lot of other coffee farmers, which yeah. is the unfortunate truth, right? So that's something really cool about Thailand is that they were like, oh, well... We have to hire in-house in the country to pick our own beans, to farm our own beans, etc. So it means that the cost of labor is in-house. So we circulate our own economy and like our own um, production as far as like profits are concerned. Yeah, and I think if we're so, <clears throat> I think especially in specialty coffee, if we're so concerned with paying farmers and helping these families, like. Mm -hmm. Raise, raise like you know fathers and fathers raise a family i think i think this was actually kind of a wise decision and even even kind of <clears throat> reiterating that and kind of a, or kind of furthering that we see that many coffee farms in thailand are, are subject to regulations that are aimed at preventing deforestation and the use of machinery to harvest so mm -hmm. coffee farms <clears throat> coffee farms in thailand they, they have to hire workers themselves like you're just saying they hand pick the beans and must pay them in a wage so this this means that this translates to a more expensive cup of coffee mm -hmm. for the consumer. Yep. So, for example, like a latte in Thailand costs about, costs about 50 baht or 175 in American money. Well, like a latte in Vietnam costs about 66 cents. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big margin of difference, right? Because if you're only paying 66 cents for a latte, which that's not just the espresso or the coffee bean. Yeah. That's also the milk product, etc. You're hardly paying those coffee farmers anything um, at the end of the day. So, again, like a big passion for us at Asian Coffee Co. is like making sure that we give back to the farmers that are growing this thing that we consume. And what's even crazier is that the United States is still the number one consumer of coffee. Like we buy the most coffee oh, yeah. as a country. People that buy like their $15 venti frappuccinos at Starbucks yep. or whatever. Dang. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the average American consumes at least three cups of coffee a day. Which Bro, is just kind of wild. I'm on like cup eight today. Though. That's the thing. <laughs> I work today. I dial it in some single origin espresso. Bro, I, I, I'm I'm jacked I know. Today. Actually, this is my like third one too. But <laughs> So the idea though is that Thailand is doing some really cool and more sustainable stuff as far as fair wages go because they are paying <coughs> a little bit more per cup of coffee. But, but that does mean at the end of the day, they are paying their farmers and their coffee workers more money. So... So that's kind of what we are pushing for too, is that in the United States, we are used to this circulation of like a cheaper cup of coffee. Like what's what's the closest we can get to a less than $5 cup of coffee, right? And especially for Henry and I working at a specialty coffee shop, oftentimes we hear customers saying like, oh gosh, like that's kind of expensive for a such and such coffee. And we're like, yeah, but you know, like at the end of the day, right? Like it's all actually kind of underpriced really oh yeah people complain about like a six star pour over sometimes i'm yeah. like really like yeah which is like weird and it's it still sounds like to our american consumer minds of like oh gosh like six stars for a cup of coffee like that could be going to x y and z right mm -hmm. and you always hear those like um those calculations of like if you saved up not buying a cup of coffee like every day for a year you could afford this or whatever i don't know it's like a car probably not true but yeah i even like Side note, I even like have seen episodes of Shark Tank where they like ask, mm -hmm. you know, these these men and women that are pitching their ideas like, hey, what do you do to like save money? And they say, just buy your own coffee machines. What they say, you know, yeah, yeah. buy your own beans and then 
make them yourself. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But truly though, we are actually underpaying for our coffee as far as like the actual cost of production is is um, considered. So for something for a country who like Thailand are actually jacking up their prices and causing more in-house domestic demand to go up, it's actually pretty great and revolutionary. And again, like a dollar seventy-five for a latte by our standards is still considerably much lower. Um, but in Thailand, that's about fifty baht. So who knows? as far as like that economy is concerned um, as to how expensive that is but it's m much 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 more like fair by comparison to like a neighboring country like vietnam so subspecialty shops are doing some really cool stuff um in chiang mai there's ristretto so that's ristretto basically but with a number eight oh, in the center eight uh, numbers owned by arnon i don't know how to pronounce his last name you want to give it a shot feet prasert Yep. Passert. There you go. Sure. <laughs> um, I know the, the, the pronunciations in Thai is very different. Yeah. Conceive as Americans. Yeah. So he's the World Latte Art Champion in 2017. He was also the World Latte Art Battle Champion in 2017. Uh, he is also one of the co-owners and founders of Ristretto in Chiang Mai. Um, they so we actually were trying to buy from them, for example, um, but they don't ship to the U.S. unfortunately. So. Um, but they're a really cool shop. They're doing some really awesome things. They have super dope merch. Um, another shop that we thought was kind of cool was Brave Roasters. They mm -hmm. also have some really sick merchandise. Um, another one is Aka Ama. Um, they're mentioned in a couple different articles. Uh, and so there's a cup. There's like quite a few specialty shops the one, in the, Thailand. In Thailand, but I think the one thing that I honestly had trouble with is I was trying to find like Thai-owned coffee shops here in, in America. US, it yeah. was so hard. Like yeah. if anyone's listening, like knows of any Thailand shops, send yeah. them our way. But it was like, it was very hard. I mean, yeah. there were shops that carried Thai coffee, and yeah. honestly, if you go to a lot of like a local Thai restaurant, yeah. chances are they'll have this cardamom yeah spinning condensed milk thai yeah. coffee that you yeah. can buy you can buy instant thai coffee i think the right. one that i was able to find was akahani coffee roasters in san antonio texas huh? cool. it's a husband and wife that run the cafe mm -hmm. the husband is from america but the wife is fully thai so that was the closest thing i could find but yeah you should definitely check them out we'll link them in the in the, in the show notes yeah but yeah I, yeah super dope place looking them up yeah so if you are listening to this and you actually know of some like thai owned or like thai specialty shops in the united states please let us know we henry said he spent like two hours trying to look for them and just we're having trouble with that so um we're only two people so please help us out um okay but to tie off this epi uh we are gonna do our last call which is our last cup of the day and we mentioned this earlier but we are drinking some thai iced coffee so we have our Paradise Robusta oh. Beans. Ew, that's so gross. <laughs> this is not, like, what is it? Uh, ASMR. <laughs> so we made some Thai iced coffee. Um, I brewed uh, some on the Kalita Wave, and then I steeped it over some sweet and condensed, condensed milk. And, and cardamom. Cardamom. Spice with cardamom. It's so good. It's like, bang it. It's so, and it's, even the, the difference of the cardamom, it just makes a slight after, like, yeah. spi like savory spice taste versus what we had when we had the Vietnamese coffee last week. Yeah, the Vietnamese coffee, actually, I'm noticing it's a little bit more, like, I get that more robust flavor with the Vietnamese coffee yeah. as opposed to, like, this one. It's, it's more, it's like, I don't know, the cardamom, like, really brings out the sweetness, I For think. Sure. 
much more. And um, we forgot to read the notes, but the Paradise Coffee's uh, notes, so it is a medium roast. Um, again, it is Robusta. So some of the tasting notes that they have on here are cranberry, walnut, and lime. So we, uh, on our Kalita cup earlier, you can definitely taste that lime aftertaste. Um, oh yeah, it was definitely there. I got that cranberry actually right at the beginning, which was really cool. And this one that we got was roasted on May 19th and we're recording on May 22nd. So, um, but yeah, so there's some really cool Thai shops uh, in Thailand. And then the one that, that I mentioned. mentioned in Texas, um, but we are only two people again. So if you know any places, please let us know. Yeah. And you know, as we close, this is something I was thinking about. I think it was super cool. And obviously we'll look at other Asian coffee growing regions. And I think, I think many times <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of Americans think that all Asian people are the same, you know, like yep. especially when it comes to racism and like derogatory terms, they kind of lump Asian yeah. culture together, whether it be Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, Korean and whatnot. <clears throat> yeah. And which is wrong, obviously, because we can celebrate different cultures, different Asian people and different cultures, especially if our mission is to uh, is uplifting Asian cultures and specialty coffee. So what I mean by that is that we see that the way that Thailand has become known in coffee is very different than the way that Vietnam become well, became well known in coffee. We see that, mm-hmm. you know, the French had colonized and then slave labor to, to force Vietnamese people to grow coffee with them. You know, they brought their dark roast coffee for them to, to brew it for them and whatnot. And then in Thailand, it's like, hey, just stop the war on drugs. How can we do that? Yeah. And even so looking crazy. at and even looking at other like Asian growing regions, they all have very unique ways. So that's yeah. just that's another attest to the fact that like Asian people, despite being Asian, yes, they have different backgrounds and different cultures because of the regions they grew up in. Yeah. What's really cool too, and um I've been watching, I think I mentioned this last episode too, but I've been watching this PBS documentary on Asian Americans. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it's super cool. It's also a free documentary, so please go watch it. But um, I need to watch that. I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen anime. <laughs> I already binged it, so <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for new things. But it's really cool because the term Asian Americans actually didn't surface until like the 70s and 80s as, as a collective term because people were using orientals or like asiatic people um as like a monolithic term and asian americans was brought up by asian americans as a collective term as a uh, a means of like solidarity so we think about asian american term now and it's like it's still kind of monolithic in a sense because we are still not seen as like individual cultures Mm. but at the same time too it is a term rooted in a solidarity between all these Asian cultures. And so it's cool to see that like similarly coffee has become a a uh, like means by which all these Asian cultures can unite under solidarity. I mean like mm. we, we as we continue to kind of unpack a lot of these Asian cultures um, in specialty coffee like how far has latte art gone or like Ooh. the ingenuity of brewing mechanisms or even just like simply coffee growing regions on its own. So um, it's just it's just kind of like a, a side thought that I had as well. But anyway, all that's to say, um, we're just really excited to continue unpacking all of these Asian cultures uh, as we learn about our history, mm. uh, but also the history of like our other Asian brothers and sisters and like their cultures too. So if you want to continue um, on this journey with us, you can check us out on our Instagram and Twitter at AZN Coffee Co. Co. And um, we also are going to release our website 
Ooh, it's soon. coming, y'all. We've been seeing, we've been looking at these mock-ups of the website, yo. It's, it's so cool. It's dirty, bro. It's so It's dope. hip. And uh, it's, we're... <laughs> it's robust. Stop. <laughs> it's robust. <laughs> um, robust. We're going to have some resources That's listed on there. <laughs> we're going to have some resources listed on there, a little bit about ourselves, what we're doing, and um, links to uh, some of the people that we've mentioned so far in our podcast and so on and so forth. So we also want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Uzu Han, um, who is our intro and outro music. You yes. can check him out. We got it. We got the we got the intro this time. We <laughs> yeah, are we on point. <laughs> you can check him out at at Uzuhan Music that's on Instagram. Um, but we will see you guys next time. Peace Bye. out.